you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Thursday, game day, December 28th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, a man of principle, a man of letters, a man who has always been an era or two ahead of his time as a runner with passing ability in college, as a role player with star power in the pros, as an analyst with front office ability in his post-playing career. Please welcome back to the pod, the Super Bowl champion, the real Mike Robb, Michael Robinson. Always glad to be here, Drew. Thanks for having me, brother. Oh, my God, of course. I'm so glad you accepted our invitation. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show we're standing at the corner of playoffs and parody. Michael, you are a veteran of three playoff runs in your career, and I don't mean runs to the playoffs, listener. I mean runs within the playoffs. This man never had a one-and-done postseason appearance, seven games in all. And I bring this up to remind you that when we talk today about the battle for NFL playoff spots, we are talking with a man who has been in that battle, a man who acts like he's been there before because he has been there before. Michael, take us inside the locker room of a late-season contender, a team that has played well enough to be in the conversation but hasn't yet confirmed their place in the picture. How would you describe the energy, is it tense? Is it nerve-wracking? Is it excitable? What are we looking at? Uh, very excitable. Uh, if you're one of those teams that are in the hunt or right there on the cusp, um, it's all about taking it one week at a time. And I know that sounds like coach talk, but that's seriously what you have to do. You have to kind of trick yourself into not looking ahead, not looking at, oh, if we get the seventh seed, we'll be playing two, or if we get the five, we'll play the four. Forget all of that. Take care of Take care of the things that you can take care of or control the controllables that you can control of, which is your effort, your energy, and, how, and your mindset and how you approach every single game. That is the way to do it to guarantee that you be the best version of yourself. Were there moments in the three seasons that your teams made the playoffs that you just knew this is a playoff team? And were there moments in the other seasons that you thought the same thing but were wrong? <laughs> Yeah, so um, at the end of the 2010 season, if you guys, our listeners, remember, I was with the Seattle Seahawks then, and we made the playoffs at 7-9. and nine. Uh, We didn't really feel like a playoff team. We really felt not, not felt like we weren't a really good team, but we just were in a, you know, we were a victim of circumstance, and the division just fell to us the way it did. And I remember uh, we had uh, lost terribly to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Tampa Bay. And I remember Pete Carroll, while we were in the air, coming to the back of the plane, and he said, all right, guys, we're getting the results of the early game. St. Louis lost. Forget about this game we just played. I know we were terrible. We had however many sacks we gave up. We threw however many interceptions. I think I even had a couple snaps at quarterback that game. That's how bad we were. And uh, he said, forget about it. We will not look at this tape. We still have an opportunity to win division. Next week, a week 17 at the time, it was against the St. Louis Rams, and our starting quarterback, um, Matt Hasselback, was hurt. So Charlie Whitehurst had to come in. And that was really, I mean, it was a regular season game, but for all intents and purposes, it was a playoff game for us. We ended up winning that game. 
and we carried that momentum into the next week where Beast Quake happened. We ended up beating the New Orleans Saints. And then the following week, the divisional round against the Chicago Bears, it was like, you ever you ever been in like a, you ever like, like ran a, a lap around the track? Sure. Like a 400 meter race? Many and times. First of all, that is a long sprint. Yes, it's it is. It's considered a sprint. You're so out of breath after that sprint. After we finished that New Orleans Saints game, it was like, <gasps> okay, we're going to get our ass whipped uh, here coming up. We just kind of knew that we, we didn't have enough gas left. So, yeah, again, control the things you can control. But, um, yeah, you got to be realistic about the people you're looking at in the mirror. Excitable. Uh, that was the first word that he attached himself to. Some version of that is being felt right now by no fewer than 18 NFL teams who are fighting for eight available playoff spots now as you know Ravens and Dolphins are locked in the AFC Niners Eagles Lions and Cowboys they are locked in the NFC but the AFC spots currently occupied by the Chiefs Jags Browns Bills and Colts are still within reaching or at least dreaming distance of the Texans Steelers Bengals Raiders and Broncos news out of Denver interesting we'll get to that in a moment now over in the NFC the spots Occupied by the Bucks and Rams and your Seahawks are still in play for the Vikings, Falcons, Packers, Saints, and Bears. Now, Bears' chances are less than 1%. And while that's interesting, it's certainly prohibitive. But all of the probability percentages get a little tricky. And without visuals, it gets a little hard to keep track of. So we'll keep the odds chatter to a minimum here. But you should know that four teams will be eliminated with a loss in Week 17. Bears, Raiders, Packers, and the Broncos. Uh, yes, the Broncos. Why don't we start there, Michael? Why don't we start with this? Yeah, Peyton, he, he, is, he, is, he is hot. I would say Sean Payton is reading the riot act to Russell Wilson. Big time upset with Russell Wilson about something. Michael, we all saw it. Sean Payton yelling in the face of Russell Wilson. You and I talked about it briefly uh, last week. That was the news coming out of week 15. Well, Sean Payton benching Russell Wilson is the news heading in to week 17 as NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported earlier today. This is all unbelievable for the Broncos, the fact that they are benching Russell Wilson for Jared Stidham. You look at the financials, the draft, everything, it is crazy. The money is significant. And one of the reasons why it helps the Broncos to keep Russell Wilson off the field, he's going to be the backup, but keep him off the field for the next two games is if he gets injured, then that $37 million that's guaranteed for injury for 2025 would vest in March. In other words, if he's on the roster by March, that money counts in two years. That is significant. So keeping him healthy, maintaining the ability to cut him, that helps as well. And then the fact that the play just hasn't been good enough. Mike Rob, you and Russell, former teammates, champions together. You've had your differences. You've buried the hatchet. Where did your mind go at this news? That does make financial sense, but competitive sense and interpersonal sense, I'm not so sure about it. Yeah, this is, this is a tough one because I did think that the 2023 version of Russell Wilson was a lot better than the 2022 version. Yet, uh, I, I do think this move comes where Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos are looking and saying, okay, yes, we played decent with Russell Wilson. But when you're looking at this offense, I believe it's too restrictive with him at the quarterback position. And Sean Payton, being this offensive guru that he is, um, it, 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 I believe he's having some issues managing Russell from the sideline. I want everybody – just let me explain some stuff to some people. So, 
to me, the best version of Russell is when he has a dominant run game, dominant run game. That way, play-action passing can come up, okay, so he can throw the ball over the defense, that moon ball, best deep ball throw in all of football, so he can throw the ball over the defense. Part of that play-action passing is being able to protect him enough so that he can hold the ball enough so that he can see. See, Sean Payton has had shorter quarterbacks before with Drew Brees, but Drew Brees was excellent, a master at moving people with his eyes, using his body position in the pocket to move people, and really dictating offense with just his eyes, shoulders, you know, all, all his abilities, right? And so Sean Payton knew he was a master at that. Right, right. So he paid his guards to keep defensive tackles at the line of scrimmage because that was Drew Brees' superpower. I had to ask myself this because getting ready, you know, I didn't know that this was going to happen this, this morning. And just thinking about this, I had to ask myself, what is Russell's superpower right now? Right? He's making f- almost $49 million per year. Yeah. Right? And does that salary warrant the restrictiveness in how you have to coach him? And the restrictive nature that you speak of with regards to Russell is simply that he requ- because he requires that time, there just aren't enough options for even an offensive guru like Sean Payton to make it work. Yes. You hit it right on the head. I mean, he has trouble seeing in the middle of the field. Yes, sir. So most of his empty formations or straight drop back passing situations, he's going to throw the ball outside the numbers. And, and you know, listener, <laughs> I think it's important for us to hear what Michael said a moment ago with regards to Sean Payton and Drew Brees. He paid his guards. We always talk about left tackles. We always talk about right tackles. We always talk about the outside of the offensive line as being the guys who are highly paid and incredibly important, and they are both of those things, highly paid and incredibly important. But with a shorter quarterback, Michael is inviting our eye inside the offensive line to the right shoulder and the left shoulder of the center, the guards, because those guys' responsibilities in the moment, every snap, allows those channels, those lanes for all quarterbacks, but certainly a shorter quarterback like a Drew Brees and in this context like a Russell Wilson to see the middle of the field. It's for vision. It's not just run lanes. It's not just um, having a a crazy run game with gap schemes and having guards to be able to pull. Those guards, those Jari Evans and those guys, right, um, kept defensive linemen at the line of scrimmage and they kept their hands down by just fighting them, hand fighting them the whole time. So Sean Payton understands how to build an offense when he knows the quarterback's superpower, he can – structure the personnel around him to get the most out of the quarterback. Again, I have to ask our view, ask our viewers, what is Russell Wilson's superpower right now? And and you're certainly <laughs> more qualified to answer it than I am and you're struggling to come up with I'm what I'm struggling it is. to come up with yeah. it, right? And so you have to have this run game so that you can kind of simulate a backyard uncontrollable environment passing game because that's what Russell thrives in. And for all of our hopes for Javonta Williams, we haven't seen that running game be what we 
sort of knew that it needed to be for Russell to be everything that he could be. No, because what teams are doing is they know Russell can't see in the middle. They're guarding everybody from in-breaking routes, forcing the uh, – I mean, uh, guarding everything from outside and forcing everything in the middle of the field when they're throwing the football and they're loading up the box to stop the run. And so even if the offensive line is giving the running back three or four yards down the football field, there's two – one, sometimes two extra guys this back has to deal with. And if the quarterback isn't throwing the defenders out of the box, it makes it even tough to call the run game. So, again, it's tough to call just a straight drop-back passing game with him because he can't see it and things have to be a certain way. It's tough to call a run game with him because he's not throwing guys out of the box. So you have to ask yourself, how do you play with Russell right now? And – this Sean Payton type of an offense. I, again, I've been asking myself this all morning, Drew. I can't figure out an answer. We still to don't it. have an answer. I still don't have an answer. So yeah, there's a business thing to yeah. this. Yeah. And, and look, Ian Rappaport made it clear. You know, when you look at a what 38, 39 million dollar hit uh, of guaranteed money, if he were to be if he injured, was injured now, man, it's guaranteed it certainly for 20, it just 25. doesn't matter, right? It doesn't make the sense no. financially for them to take that risk in weeks 17 and 18. I think the question marks start to appear when you realize, yeah, but this is a team that was technically, is technically still alive in the playoff hunt. Their chances have dwindled. Uh, the percentages are low, but don't you fight with your best team to the end until you are mathematically eliminated? These guys are playing the long game. They are not worried about the short game, clearly. Yeah, uh, guys. Um, and, and I think I, I think that's where we need to turn is the long game. But sorry, please go no, ahead. No, it it, it's all about the long game, and, and this is where business affects the actual game on the yes, field. Yes, This is business. This is a business move, guys. Which you, more than anybody I've ever worked with in this side of the business, in the sports side of the business, is quick to remind me of. Damn. And you tend to do it sometimes with a look of resignation on your face, which is, I see that you're hopeful, Levy. I see that you're romantic about this stuff, but never get too far afield of the fact that this is big, billion-dollar, with a B business. Uh, don't get it confused. Don't get it confused. Um, it, uh, the dollars have to make sense. And when you look at a quarterback making almost $49 million per season, the return just isn't there for them to keep. So I look at it and I think, how come they couldn't, okay, say, okay, Russell, you know you ain't playing well. Yeah. Let's revisit this thing. Let's, let's rip up the contract. Let's get a shorter contract. Restructure. Let's restructure. Maybe you don't make $48 million. Maybe you make 39 Maybe let's take some off of it with the, you know, in a couple of years, we'll revisit it. And if you're playing at a high level or whatever, then we'll, we'll get you your money back. Like, why they could. You're they, such a front office guy yeah. in the making. You really are. Because I th the more I hear 39 rattling around in my head, it's a genius number. It's the perfect number. Because the $40 million guys, and we always talk about Dak Prescott's making $40 million. So you Does he deserve it? Down, and, huh? suddenly, yeah. and suddenly Dak Prescott on certain Sundays this year, really does look like he deserves mm -hmm. that number, and that team looks like it may be headed in a direction of consequence this season. The Broncos are not, so $39 million is right genius. There. You are actually keeping him out of conversations <laughs> that he doesn't want to be a part of, want to be a part of if you just give him $1 million less, thirty-nine. Fly under the radar Very for a couple number. of years, <laughs> see if you can get yourself back together. But you got to thank Sean Payton and no, those guys thought do. about this. You do. Of so they have. if they thought about this, that means they're done with Russell Wilson. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Okay, that's the next obvious question. Has he played his last game in a Broncos uniform? Absolutely. He will be in a Broncos uniform, which I found an interesting decision. He will be suited up for the game on the sidelines as a roster player. As a backup quarterback. As a backup. To me, that's where I can't see this thing working. Right. I can't see this working. Is that disrespectful? Well, it's not necessarily disrespectful. I mean, every, you know, every position has a backup every position every uh, guy that was a starter at some point is told you got to go to the bench and your backup has to but come you in. can't you pay your backup don't... nearly 50 million exactly <laughs> it goes business, back to, again the dollars don't make sense dollars. okay Drew. okay let's talk about dollars that do make sense you know uh dollars that do make sense in the nfl and we see it proven year in and year out rookie quarterbacks yes. quarterbacks on their first contract uh, the denver broncos if the draft were to happen today would be picking 14th and now that has them out out of reach, really, of the top two or three guys who are going to get a lot of press in the offseason, have already gotten a lot of press as we head to the draft. Um, but clearly, their notion, the Broncos' notion, is we cannot overpay at this position. We certainly cannot overpay at this position for a player who is, in Michael's words, limiting. Yep. Um, so let's look elsewhere. So they will very likely look elsewhere if we're inferring, if we're reading the tea leaves, and we are, and they're pretty obvious, guys. We're not making big logical leaps of faith here. This is pretty clear what's happening. Well, but, well, hold up, Drew. Please go ahead, Mike. I also think that it's the timing of this thing, right? This draft, and I, you know what I used to do throughout this season on Saturdays. I was with college football, okay? May have more quarterbacks in this draft than we've seen in a long time. Drew. So even without You're the talking draft about two capital, guys. yes, two I'm or talking three it guys. could be maybe four or five, four or guys. five. So so drafting say 14th, and maybe if they go to a backup situation, maybe we don't expect a win at all from the last two games in the Broncos season, which means that they may actually improve their draft position, either get closer to or within the top 10, and then maybe they do have a chance of getting, and thank you for reminding us, this draft class at the quarterback position is deeper than two, is deeper than three, so maybe their answer is there. Their answer could also come, of course, in free agency, but before we move on to what Sean Payton's next best move is, that's to be debated in the offseason, what are some logical landing spots for Russell if he has, in fact, played his last game as a Broncos player? I have heard the following teams thrown out this morning. Falcons, Commanders, Patriots, Steelers. And then I myself thought of Kirk Cousins. And I thought to myself that if Kirk Cousins gets healthy, I can see Sean Payton wanting a guy like Kirk Cousins in Denver. And I could see a guy like Kevin O'Connell, young, prideful saying I can give Russell Wilson the last best chapter of his career and make it work here because why I made it work with a guy like Kirk and it's not exactly like for like but that's a player I can work with anyway that was me spitballing no that's what I think but in terms of those Falcons commanders Patriots Steelers any of those jump off the page as being good potential landing spots for him 
Maybe the Patriots. Maybe the Patriots. Maybe the Patriots. And again, who knows what's going to happen there? Yeah. I don't know if this is going to be a Bill Belichick Patriot way right. type of a team. We don't know who's going to be leading that team, much less this offense. Exactly. So we, we, we don't know quite right, there yet, right. but just thinking about the Patriots and, you know, what's going on, what's been there over the last couple of years. To me, the Patriots look good. Atlanta, to me, the team is just a little bit too young. And, and I honestly believe in Pittsburgh, there's just too many <laughs> tough dudes in that locker room right. for Russell. Yeah. I, I listen, I mean, listen, listener, he's saying that with a look of real context on his face, and you can imagine yeah. uh, what that look is. Because and no, you're not saying that Russell Wilson is soft necessarily, no. but you are saying that there are certain energies, there are certain, there are certain identities. We always talk about teams who play with an identity, right? Yeah. And I think the knock on maybe a Philadelphia Eagles team this year is that the identity that we associated with this team for the last two or three seasons suddenly is gone missing. We look at a team like the 49ers, and for all of their inadequacies when certain players are out of the lineup they still have their identity, identity right uh the Steelers have always had an identity that identity is tough gritty uh show up work pale hard hat show up and do your freaking job kind of identity and maybe that doesn't suit somebody like Russell maybe it's not perfect for somebody like Russell what about Washington as a commanders fan I just see Russell as a guy who probably has always wanted to be a senator has always probably wanted to, right? Has always yep. wanted to be That's in how Congress, he himself. you know, repping uh, a certain constituency. Eric uh, B. Enemy would be amazing for Russell. Okay. But I don't know what's going to happen with Eric B. Enemy. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. You know, the, the Washington Ron Rivera, I'm sure he's out after uh, this year. Does Eric B. Enemy get an opportunity to be the head coach there? But I tell you, one team that misses him, Kansas City, like, yeah. Eric Bieniemy is that guy, and I believe that his personality and who he is would challenge Russell enough to get whatever's in there yeah. up out of him. Uh, is this a good move in the end? Let's put a positive spin on this because I think what we do is in this country, certainly no matter what we're talking about, whether it's politics, whether it's pop culture, whether it's sports, we, of course, typically love to build people up, and then somehow we get delicious joy out of tearing them <laughs> down. And Russell has been an easy target for a lot of people because he is a little corny. He's a little cheesy. Um, he's, a, he's not cool. I mean, I think, you know, cool is hard to define, but when you see it, when you feel it, when you're in its presence, you kind of know what cool is. Russell is a lot of things, <laughs> but he ain't cool. But is this potentially a good thing for him to say, okay, you now will no longer be saddled with this strange narrative that took hold in Denver, which was failed leadership, Sean Payton coming in and, and pointing the finger at the former administration, so to speak. Russell is caught in the middle, had a decent year this year, but maybe not transcendent enough to keep the job. Is a change of location, you changed locations in your career, yeah. is one final change of location maybe the best thing that could have happened to Russell Wilson's career? I think uh, circumstances has made it so that, yeah, this will be the best thing that ever happened uh, to Russell, especially in this junction uh, of his career. This is my only issue. I can't see him as a backup. Right. I can't see him every day because Russell sees himself like the Kobe Bryants, the Michael Jordans, the Derek Jeters of the world, you know? And those guys aren't backups. Those guys, franchise guys, those guys are Hall of Famers. Those guys are in a, in a different air. And I believe Russell sees himself that way. So 
can he be humble enough to walk in a locker room, know he's not the starter, and allow another human being to take snaps with the ones and be okay with it and still be the Russell where he's warming up on the plane and, and all. Will he continue to do all of that? It's tough because I don't see backup quarterbacks acting that way. No, no, you don't see backup quarterbacks <laughs> acting that way unless they're, you know, anointed starters who were injured, right? Yes. Um, I wonder, you've always been so humble about your own career. You made it clear to me and you make it clear to us that you were aware of what you were and maybe more importantly, you were aware of what you were not. Mm-hmm. How important is that for a player? Because we always hear from you guys the general kind of overarching context that you have to believe that you're the man. You have to believe, even if you're sitting, as you have painted a picture for us in the past, even if you're sitting in a losing locker room and you realize that there's guys around you who are going to screw up, it's not going to be you. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my job perfectly. I'm going to do my job right. So you have to believe that maybe you are the best, and yet – you have to pair that with the humility of knowing what you're incapable of. It seems like a, a bit of a head as a player. It is. Me, but it really does seem like that's a tough emotional juggle to be humble enough to be aware of what I'm not, but also competitive enough to say I can do anything, damn it. How do you, how do you reconcile that? You have to be honest with the man in the mirror. I mean, completely honest. Now, I was a player, my honesty... I was actually able to verbalize. I knew what my role was. I knew some guys, they feel it, but they aren't able to verbalize it. I've been in locker rooms with guys where they're like, I don't know, you know, I'm the starter, you know, I'm the starter, you know, I got this young guy who just got drafted. I I feel like it might be over, but I, I, I can't find the words to say it. And people don't realize, that's why they call it spelling, our words, Words have cast spells on people. Words have have power, right? Like, and some guys just can't get the words out of their mouths, right? Some guys just can't do it. I know guys that really have been retired for two or three years now, but they they won't say out loud that I'm just getting a check, man. I don't know what else to do with my life. It's sad. Yeah. I mean, look, the reason I asked that question is that when you said that Russell sees himself in that pantheon of greats, it's hard to buy because I think he's one of the near greats. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the almost greats. But I think, it's, I think it's broadening the definition of great too much if we include Russell in that conversation of the best of all time, the greats. I don't think he deserves that. I don't think he's earned that. He deserves respect as a man and as a player for all of the things that he was able to accomplish. But to say that he was one of the greats, I think, is over. It's over. Would be overstating it. But again, that comes from my my point of view. Is he a? Is he? If he retired tomorrow, is he a Hall of Famer? I would say no. I, I think I would say no too. I'm curious as to know why you would say no. I, I would say no just because. And those two Super Bowls he did go to, I happened, obviously the first one I was on the team, the second one was the very next year, so I knew everybody on the team. I knew all the storylines and all the intimate details of that team. And you, you, you realize that team probably had four Super Bowl appearances in it, but because 
things have to be done from an organizational standpoint to give the quarterback the leadership position so certain personalities and individuals now have to go. And they're intricate to the success of the team. But because the quarterback, and we, we put all the importance in that position, he makes the $50 million. Because the quarterback has to have that control, guys were taken out and they never went back. And so, and again, I, my opinion is a little bit one-sided because I was, I was in the weeds with it a little bit. Um, but you were in those locker rooms. You were closer to this particular flame that we warm ourselves, you know. Uh, more guys on. had to had more guys had bigger parts to do with winning that a lot of viewers and listeners don't always see. Correct. Than just Russell Wilson. I I, I say correct because yeah. uh, it, based on the conviction in your face, not because I know. But thank you so much for sharing that. We've gone over uh, on this right now, but I really appreciate your thoughts on this. And on that note. Well, actually, one final question about Russell Wilson. Do you anticipate brighter days in a season or two to come? Maybe yes in the last chapter of his career. I know you said earlier you don't, you can't envision this man as a backup quarterback, and neither can I, based on salary, based on persona, based on his opinion of himself, clearly. Are there potentially brighter days ahead for Russell in the NFL? I would say yes. Love that. But, um... I've been through adversity in my life. I've been through hard times. And the change only happens when you have hit rock bottom. And if getting benched with this big time contract and all the expectations going to Denver a couple of years ago, this could be Russell's rock bottom. Could and if be. it is, I believe he's due for a rebound. Translation, he lost his office upstairs earlier in the season. Sean Payton wasn't having any of that. And now he's lost his job. But as Michael Robinson, Russell Wilson's former teammate, reminds him, don't lose yourself. You're good. As long as you are honest with yourself about the man that you see in the mirror. Know who you are. Know who you are not. And go from there. Russell Wilson benched in Denver. Certainly the news of yesterday. Uh, but worth a longer discussion today with Russell Wilson's former teammate, Michael Robinson. Michael Robinson, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, brother. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I want to invite the listener to join us tomorrow for Friday answers to Saturday, Sunday, and Monday questions. Playoff spots up for grabs. Who grabs them? Who drops them? Game predictions, score predictions, fantasy advice, too, for your fantasy championship. We've got you covered on your viewer's guide to Week 17. Can't believe I'm saying that. Week 17 in the NFL. That comes tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now.
NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.